From the PSIA ASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas, just back from Loveland Ski Area, and two days of member school management training with PSIA Rocky Mountain and their amazing education staff. Uh, got two shows for you from there. The first is a Slopeside Children's Update with Joe Quarantillo. The outline says that we are going to give an update on certification. So CS1, CS2. Uh, go over uh, the CAP model in the COVID era. I think that's sort of embedded in there somewhere. And then uh, anything else we want to touch on as far as what you need to deliver to candidates if you're a trainer or if you are in the process of going up for an exam or you just want to know what people are talking about in the locker room and you'd like to add to that conversation. And with faces masked and ourselves socially distanced, we broke into groups of five and spent a great day out on the hill. All right, how was everyone's chairlift ride? Were we able to touch on the learning connection a wee bit, you guys, on the chair? Perfect. Yeah, we uh, we started talking about kids, and then, like, we were tower halfway, we were like, oh, yeah, learning connection. We were so, working on the people skills. Yeah, it must still be early season because we need to build some social interaction. So on this trip down, let's reflect a little bit more about the learning connection now that it's been introduced a little bit more. Uh, the thought is that we feel really good about technical skills, the teaching skills triangle in the learning connection. Uh, we may touch on it a little bit, but we haven't really defined what good teaching looks like. We, we know what it is when we see it, but to have it defined and less ambiguous is, is sort of the, the goal of this project. And then people skills, for me, this area has been, uh, you may have heard, oh, as long as they're good with people, we can teach them how to ski, right? And, and how to teach. But the fact is, people skills is a trait that can be learned also, and we could put some parameters around what good people skills fundamentals are. So that would be sort of the triangle of the learning connection. All right, so do we have enough food for thought this time? Does everyone have the capacity yet to start focusing on skiing and something else or are we are we good to good all right so let's reflect on that on the way down and then we'll begin talking about it a little bit more and kidifying it you guys ready kidifying it became one of my favorite terms ever for myself this is kind of my training packet that will by the end of the season travel with me everywhere I go through all my training groups and uh, will look quite tattered at the end. 
same time, I want to give accurate information. And if there's anyone that might challenge what I'm saying, I don't want to make it sound like a belief. I want to have a reference to go from, right? So that way our candidates get really good information all the time. So uh, teaching skills, you know, that's sort of a, a, an area that we'll focus on today and carry that through the CS1 and CS2. And the fundamentals are collaborate on long-term goals and short-term objectives. The second, manage information activities, train, select, train selection and pacing. Third, promote exploration, experimentation, and play. Next, facilitate the learner's ability to reflect upon experiences and sensations. Next, adapt to the changing needs of the learner. And final, uh, manage emotional and physical risk. All right, sort of sounds like what we do every day as pros and trainers, right? I think that's one of the cool things about the, the teaching skills as far, and all the components of the learning connection. You know, that it, they resemble what good instructors, good trainers already do, right? How's everyone doing for warmth? Good? Okay. Stop cool. back. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the mask thing. All right. Um, so, as we're going through the, this COVID area, having those connections and making sure that we are meaningful and connecting with the, the long-term goals and short-term objectives, all those components in the teaching skills realm, it's going to help us connect with the learner a little bit more. Where sometimes in the past you might be able to, to glaze over and make assumptions of some components in the past because they could read you, you could read them, you can share some items uh, through body expression and receive them. You, we're going to have to use more verbal cues than in the past, right? Anyone have anything else to add to that in the teaching skills? I was thinking Realm. that for the most part, anybody who is not a first-timer uh -huh. and you've built a connection with, or you can still build a connection in a very similar fashion. I think that first-timer probably is going to be a more challenging, because that's where we tend to be, I think, more hands-on, and especially with kids. Mm -hmm. Like, where you help them feel that, that rotary of the legs, where you can help them, like, stand up, stay balanced, that kind of stuff that with COVID it's not as feasible anymore. Mm -hmm. As opposed to people that are already comfortable sliding and moving along, you know, you, you just have to be better with your verbal cues and your coaching. Yeah, anyone else on that thread, Ray? I can echo that, yeah. Um, what he said about working with kids and, and helping them feel something, especially rotary, and especially with four to six year olds yeah because they don't have the, the fine motor skills to be able to rotate their legs inward that's a lot where we're moving the boots but also that age group it, it's hard for them to achieve that stuff because of the motor skills but they also tend to learn more visually 
Exactly it. You know, it's through through the play, you know, and the, the drill and the adventure, right? Is, you know, how do we integrate all those components uh, outside of touching into a, the play into that where they could do more work. Shannon, anything to contribute? You know, especially when you're working with those really little kids. We have a habit, you know, a lot of people have a habit of never putting their skis on. You're talking about those first timers, those yeah. or those first couple of days on skis for those littler guys. And so they're really not doing as much demonstrating as they could be doing at this point. So it's a you need to have a blend of the demonstration with your own body and without skis on, on and then putting the skis on and show them how it actually comes together and not skipping that element to it as well. Yeah. That was one of my big things when I was a, a trainer and, 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 and at the at Breck. It was like walking through the yard and watching and being like, put your skis on, show them. Put your skis on, show them. Put your, like, this is not pitch and catch. This is get up there, show them, make them feel something. Let them see it, let them see it, let them see it, let them see it. A lot of especially our newer instructors don't know the connection with children between what their hands do and what their legs and feet do. Uh -huh. And so the more that, as we're talking, the more we can use our hands to demonstrate different ideas, reinforces, even while we're verbally, if we're, you know, if we're not doing it with our legs, at least be doing it with our hands, no matter what it is we're trying to show, you know, moving them in different directions and moving it through your mind all the way into turns and stuff. And it gets kids doing this and that gives them almost a muscle memory aspect that transfers down to their feet and legs. Did anyone see the webinar with Nadine from the U.S. Olympic Committee Center of Excellence? Not yet, I was gonna watch it tonight. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm gonna dive into some of what she said and we're gonna integrate what we're talking about and demonstrating and start bringing in some of the internal and external cues language that she talks about in that webinar because that'll add another layer into our teaching and that experimentation and play will will help start bringing all those components together because we have demonstration which is great but if we could start with an action that kids are already familiar with even better um, when we went into uh, a side note when we went into <laughs> lockdown let's call it uh, PSIARM had us do some webinars and mine was on uh, activating the ankle in small children and trying to bring in activities that they already know how to do and apply them to skiing to start freeing up the kinetic chain and that's much along the, the same lines of external cue language. So, you guys down with playing with some of that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Since you're actually quite warm today when you're out of the breeze. 
All right, so we had a task on the chairlift, and the task was to share with the group what were you focused on the last couple of runs to get you clued in because this is all our first day skiing. Um, we're cool to stand here, right? Absolutely, 25 bucks. Perfect. You guys can always stand here. <laughs> Tell me where I start. <laughs> yeah, so for myself, I try to I try to feel real two-foot. I like to feel both feet interacting with the ground. I like to make sure that two feet all the time because I'm chronic, chronically tipping into the turn. I like to fall inside. So that's mine. Who else shared one? I think we all did. Yeah, right. Uh, I like to think a lot about pressure tip turn and these first two runs of the season really focusing on the, the first phase of, of pressuring yeah. the foot to foot uh, transition. Cool. Awesome. I'm very similar in that, in like that foot foot transition of just remembering not to get stuck on the same foot all the time. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's turn both feet at the same time. Turn, turn both feet at turn the same time. Feet. Yep, feel that. Awesome. Awesome. George, anything as you... I'm asking the questions. You're asking <laughs> the questions. I'm the one with the microphone. Yeah. Cool. Now I've had a broken pelvis and a broken ankle on the left side, so I really concentrate on my right turn. I want to get a stable platform on my left leg. Okay. So, in in the webinar, Nadine talks about internal and external cues. Internal cues being those within the body and external cues outside the body. We could think of external cues like analogies um projecting a point but anything outside of the body not talking about body parts as we're coaching skiing or use, using internal coaching cues what did i just say so want to make sure that we're we're sharing good information that don't focus on a lot of internal cues because it's been shown when an athlete focuses on a specific body part, the, the focus becomes so finite that the bigger picture starts to get diluted, not fall apart, but the performance level falls away. So by using external cues, they are able to process it for themselves and also create a, a big picture plan how they want to move down the course. It's sort of ski central. Any questions on that? What I just said, internal and external cues? Cool. As we were talking about play down below with kids and demonstration, how can we develop external cues through play to have a more external cue outcome with your focus. That's gonna be our task. That was just a big mouthful. So how can we, con we were sort of bridging on body cues and big picture cues, but how can we take what we were reminding ourselves, what, how we'd like to perform, making it more of an external cue, like an action. 
So for me, I might think I want to be rooted because I want to be more cat-like in my skiing. And a cat, when they're ready to pounce, you see them nestle in, right? They get their feet connected to the ground so that they can move in whatever direction. So that would be more of an external cue rather than sort of a, a cusping internal external cue of I want to make sure my feet are grounded in the snow. So I'm going to think more cat-like on my way down. That would be an example. Think about what your cue was and try to make it more of a big picture. How can you change it to, to get to a point? Nick, Nico, I see you got some hand movements. You're processing it right now. This is awesome. Ray, try to, try to think about how you're going to do, what was it, uh, pressure tip turn? Yep. So how do you put that mantra in from something uh, three word into more of an action? How can we process it differently to create an image? Shannon, with yours, relaxed smooth, pressuring the ski, both foot, feet, feet pressure, foot to foot pressure. You know, how can we augment it to fit into a, a big picture, an image that you can take away? All right. Well, you just so, put in my head. Uh, I'm petting so, a St. Bernard and I'm petting a Chihuahua at the end and that gets me good hip flexion and I'm stable on my platform. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly. So you could go through the mantra. All right, St. Bernard, Chihuahua, St. Bernard, Chihuahua. And you, you can start to see a body image begin to form, right? So let's take the opportunity and ski down and start playing around with what type of image am I shooting for? And how could I share it with the group? And then we could start kidifying this this external cueing so that it's not only demonstrating, it's creating a story at the same time, focusing on that teaching skill, experimentation, and play, which falls in line with everything else. Okay? Questions? You guys ready to rock it? We were ready to rock it. We're having a blast out on the snow, and now it was time to learn about the SCARF model. Yeah, so it's an acronym, right? You have status certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness, right? And each of those words have, of course, a little definition uh, behind it. Status is uh, where, where you are in the pecking order, right? Or where we are as a group, right? I may be cut, conducting the information but you're all attendees, and amongst the t attendees, it's a it's an even bar, right? Until someone boosts up your status by saying, "Wow, that was amazing! I had not thought about that topic and the way you're describing it," or looking over at someone and saying, "Wow, I cannot believe the words that just came out of your mouth." And you could see how amongst the, the group, they could either go up in a status or down in status. So 
with, within you know the COVID time, it might be people that don't believe mask wearing or that uh, what we're dealing with is real. They they might stand on the podium and and basically make a make a scene, whatever it is, and all of a sudden people are like, oh man, what's going on? Or the even worse, the leader of the group sort of violates the belief st- system of persons within the group. So you need to be really cognizant of what you're saying, how you're saying it, and making sure that uh, you're not altering someone's status to the negative. Um, yeah, so that's it. Certainty would be uh, all of us within the group have been sharing information, right? And we're, we're very certain about what is going on in the, the pathway that I've been giving and everyone's been able to contribute, right? And it's all been in line. So if, if we erode certainty, that would be like every once in a while, there's a crazy Ivan and you can't follow my, my path. And you become uncertain of what I'm going to say or the answers that I'm trying to, to draw out. So you, you start second guessing yourself of what's going on. So in in the COVID world, it would be, well, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I don't know why. Or they're, they're telling me that I can't do this because I'm not wearing a mask or some, something along those lines to that fact that we're eroding someone's certainty of what's going on. Uh, they're all, the autonomy would be where people are able to make decisions for themselves. So right now, a mask mandate, everyone needs to wear a mask. You've taken away my ability to choose if I wanna wear a mask or not. But I have the ability to choose the type of mask that I'm wearing. So I'm still able to make a choice and sort of guide my direction. Or choose not to attend. Or choose not to attend. You know, that, those are sort of the rules that are around this. So we want to make sure that we allow people to maintain some autonomy within their decision making. Do I want to ride up the chairlift with only myself in the chair or two people or three? Or am I comfortable with all four? We need to allow that ability to make the decision. Uh, relatedness. So relatedness would be uh, how, this is where I get a little foggy on this one. Help me if you can, right? So relate, go ahead. It has a lot to do with um, just our individual confidence when we know somebody or oh, yeah, that's we right. can relate with somebody. So if we're doing a group lesson with a whole group of strangers, yep. you know, that's what Some people are going to be super confident. A lot of people are going to be maybe awkward and shy. But once you go through an, an exercise of introducing each other and sharing bits of information, yeah. then everyone can start to find something that they can relate with the other people, making them more comfortable. And then That's... they're more apt. Well, they, it's a better learning environment, better working environment. 
working just confidence is, is, is higher like that so that's it's like the the dinner party situation where i'm going to a dinner party i may not know anyone but as i am introduced and i have meaningful conversations i become more comfortable and that's the relatedness i become related with my my stress and anxiety comes down yeah i'm related to my uh my atmosphere i can I could function in a meaningful manner. And then fairness, it's just how it sounds. We want to make sure that everyone feels that it is as even across the board as possible. It was really good to hear some of the patrollers uh, mentioning to people in line that they need to be, need to wear a mask. You know, that way you don't have, oh, well, he doesn't have to wear one. Well, the patroller at that point made the decision to hand a mask to him. So. The, the fairness that other people feel, even though they don't believe in masks, it, it's been quenched because it's the same rule across the board for everyone. Or in an exam situation, we really want to make sure that everyone has an ample amount of time within the time frame so that they can get their point across and they don't have extra time to explain it a little bit deeper than say someone else or we don't want to cut someone off short because they've they've dug themselves into a hole we we want to make sure that there is they can dig that hole deep enough yeah well we we want to we want to find that that bit of fairness right i'm not going to say nico you tanked i'm going to cut you off right now that's it. You know, I, I might ask a, a probing question to see if I can re-engage or throw change a life, the thought. Throw a lifeline. Throw exactly, a lifeline, yeah. right? So that would be the point of fairness. So when we look at the shear and think about the scarf model, we want to make sure people are comfortable in their surroundings. It's basically it in a nutshell. How about that, Shannon? That sounds yeah. wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's better if you watch the YouTube video. But uh, you may see like points through the day that I've been trying to interweave that just as a practice so that when I'm working in front of candidates, I'm also being as cognizant of you know, what they're bringing, what some of their concerns are, and allowing them to be the best they can be. Cool. We should go skiing. And ski we did and capped off just an incredible day of learning. It was cold. It was windy. There was only one run open, but we had so much fun sliding on snow and learning as a group. It was wonderful to be out again. From PSIA Rocky Mountain Member School Management Training at Loveland Ski Resort, I'm George Thomas.